and I started learning about this family system stuff and uh, in particular just learning about these patterns of brokenness that when you don't address them, they will get carried down through your life wow. um, through generations. We got Nathan Butler on the podcast. Nathan, welcome. This was the most impromptu podcast appearance that I've done so far. This is the third. You're the third guest on here. Episode three. Um, And someone else is actually supposed to be on this podcast. And he will remain nameless for now until he actually gets on the podcast. Um, But yeah, Nathan, welcome to the Medina Mania podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. Doing good. Uh, Just actually drove here from Costa Mesa. Just got done with little school stuff and... Mm. Go to Vanguard, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, that got is the text dope. and just yeah, show down here. I want to get into that real quick, but as yeah. soon as you walked in the door, I had no idea what you were wearing today, <laughs> and you had no idea what I was wearing today, but you walked in yeah. the door, and I saw what you were wearing, and I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work, and then yeah. I thought about it, and I'm like, it's kind of like we're looking in a mirror, <laughs> you know, and, and the people that are listening, uh, we're basically wearing the same outfit, and the people on YouTube, you can see this. Got the Dodger hat, got the jean jacket, white shirt. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was quite the moment because we we noticed the hats, and then uh, I just started to look closer, and it's like, oh wow, we're actually wearing the exact same thing. <laughs> it's like I'm looking in a mirror, just a different version of of me with what I'm wearing. Um, but yeah, Vanguard, you go to Vanguard. Uh, tell me about that. Tell me how your experience there, what you're learning, and what you're studying, all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is my third year here. Um, it's actually my senior year. Uh, I got to get some college work done earlier in high school and over the summer and such. So, mm. so my senior year, I've been here for, yeah, my third year. Uh, I'm studying theology, so dope pastoral leadership in particular. So it's kind of the overarching thing is theology, the general major, and then my concentration is pastoral leadership. So, yeah. so you want to be a pastor? Yeah, essentially, or um, something along those lines. Um, so the main things that I'm studying right now that I concentrate in is uh, the counseling aspect of si- of things, the care, so more of the individual one-on-one things, um, mm-hmm. just caring for people, guiding them through life, but then also uh, the preaching and kind of just studying the Bible, which is uh, the general thing for the theology mm-hmm. majors. That is cool. That is cool. So, like, you say you want to do something along the lines of pastoring, whether that's, would that be look like, do you have a preference of what you want to do, like preaching on a stage or just, yeah. like like, relationship pastoring or counseling? Yeah, so um, I think when I, it, it's funny because I never, I never really made the decision. Maybe we can get into that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, never made the decision myself that I wanted to be a pastor. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. I was more along. Yeah, we can talk about what I wanted to do for earlier and kind of because I think that's a little bit of my, where my future is going as well. But um, yeah. So at first, I think I kind of took that whole thing of being a pastor as means you have to be up on a stage, you have yeah, to be that. that lead pastor in charge of a church, you know, and be the the big honcho, the head honcho guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but more recently, yeah, I've really, I think, just looking into what I'm gifted at, um, mm-hmm. what I enjoy doing, what I enjoy learning. I really do enjoy the, uh, yeah, the one-on-one type of thing, right. um, caring for families, uh, learning about uh, just all the mental and emotional stuff that goes on uh, just in our world today. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's kind of, while I am decent at preaching, um, yeah. I won't say I'm bad at it. Um and maybe there are skills there. I don't think that's as much what I'm, what I lean towards and my passions. I like just helping right. people, you know. So you said you were talking about mental, emotional. Is that something that you're also learning at Vanguard is like mental, emotional state and like people's like brains and sort of thing, the stuff that we go through? Yeah. So doing the pastoral counseling stuff, mm. excuse me, um, 
it's a lot of uh, blending with psychology, uh-huh. uh, sociology yeah, yeah. type of things. So we learn a lot of um, like family systems is the biggest yeah. thing that I'm interested in. So kind of um, looking at how certain patterns of behavior, how they carry down through generational lines. You know, people use That's the word crazy. generational curses a lot, but I, I don't exactly believe in that mm-hmm. um, or that wording at least. But so we learn a lot about, uh, yeah, family systems, uh, what what things in your brain that goes wrong, you know, leads to certain uh, mental illness mm-hmm. um, and then just emotional brokenness, which is more along the lines of family systems, kind of just, um, you know, yeah, emotional. Yeah. No, that, 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 that's real. That's crazy because, like, it took me a while, like, in, like in recent years, uh, definitely not, like, in high school or growing up, but it took me a while to realize, like, the things that, I, like, the way that I am and the way that other people are have a lot to do with the way they were raised or brought up. Like, having a dad, and I'm lucky enough to have a dad, but having a dad is so important and a father figure. Um, and when people grow up without a father figure, without parents or without their mom, wh- whatever it is, it has such a negative effect on people. Like, can you talk about that? Like, well, tell me yeah. about what you learned, like, with that, like, whether there's people in... in that aren't present in their lives or abandon them, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually, I'm going to keep that in mind. I'm going to circle around to that just in probably about ahead, a minute or so. Um, but I wanted to mention, so if you don't, if you're watching, you don't, uh, Ch- Cottonwood Church is the church that we go to. Uh, we had a, a psychology doctor um, a few weeks ago who visited our, our young adults ministry. I don't know if you remember this. He's talking yeah. about, he said that uh, he wanted to get in psychology because he believed that you know, he had a normal family. He came from a normal family and that he could help people. And it was more of a sarcastic remark because then he, you come to realize soon, oh, my family's actually, I don't have a good family. Or not that you don't have a good family, but my family's not as normal as I thought it was. My family's actually kind of broken in some ways. Oh, yeah. And all that to circle back on, um, obviously, like anybody else, I've had a lot of issues. You know, I'm, you know, uh, especially if you're a Christian, you know, listening to the, um, you know, we all, we all have sin in our lives. We're all, nobody can save themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And so going through my own struggle with my own issues and just um, I think a lot of people tend to lean into this teaching that uh, everything that goes wrong, it's just sin. It's the devil. You know, it's it's not people it's like to own. use that as a cop out. Like, oh, why, why does this happen? Why do good people? Yeah. Why does bad thing happen to good people? And like because of sin. And it's like that doesn't help someone that's really going through it. Yeah. And I think like even beyond a cop out, I kind of just things that I would struggle with certain patterns of sin where I kind of just felt trapped and didn't really know how to get out of it right. where I kind of, I would think, you know, oh, I'm reading my Bible enough. I'm praying enough, you know, I'm, I'm going to church. Why can I not get this thing figured out? And actually it was going through a really, a really rough time in my life um, mm-hmm. last year or so. And I started learning about this family system stuff. And uh, in particular, just learning about these patterns of brokenness that when you don't address them, they will get carried down through your life wow. um, or through generations. And yeah. so, uh, we do, it's called a genogram. It's like a family tree, basically, where you get to see uh, all the relationships in your family. Are they broken? Are they, um, you know, healthy? Do they have no relationship? And I saw that certain pattern sin that I've been dealing with, that I've been really struggling with, that it was carried throughout all these generations of my family. Right. And so that helped me a lot, and that kind of sparked my interest in this. And mm. as I got deeper into it and more uh, advanced classes, learning, like, even more about it and seeing, like, wow, um, not to say that that makes it right when you struggle with that thing, right? Because at the end of the day, there is the point that it is we make our own decisions. Exactly. But if you can identify those things early on in your walk before these things have the opportunity to um, to blossom, before they have the opportunity to really ruin your life, really, um, 
you can do a lot to battle against that. And especially once you grow up and if you start having kids and that you can break that chain, Mm -hmm. break those series of events. Um, That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Like, and you know, I grew up in a house where both my mom and my dad were, were there and very much involved in my life. And you know, parents and families, they pass things down unintentionally a lot of the times that are negative and have a negative impact on who you are and what you do and all those things. Uh, Just one like small example is like communication, dude. Like in my house, we'd never really communicated about our feelings or the things that we're going through. And that was kind of a closed door. Um, And I kind of took that with me, especially in high school and even after high school. And it, it has negatively, negatively impacted my relationships, whether that be, you know, with, with my girlfriends or my, my wife now, um, and even people that I talk to, uh, that are friends. And, you know, a lot of times I won't address certain conflicts, uh, that I need to address. Um, but I feel like I've gotten a lot better than that. I mean, you were here yesterday and I was kind of going through a conflict with someone over the phone. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it's definitely something that you obviously continue continually have to work on. Otherwise, it just becomes a habit and a growing habit that is hard to break. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, I think especially, um, man, with uh, with the way uh, media is today, whether it's social media or mm-hmm. mainstream media, you want to say, um, with how amplified all the big problems are, you know, whether it's like... Um, the opioid crisis going on right now or just um just all these different issues that are really big issues and they're very obvious very like abuse it's very apparent and so it's easy for people to look at their family and say okay my my mom my dad they're married like I have both parents um like we live we have you know a roof over our heads you know so I mean that that must mean I'm you know and I get to go to school it's like oh I'm in a good family yeah um when we look at these big things and we see okay like even if I am even if there are things going, even if there is emotional abuse going on in my house where there's this lack of communication on purpose and maybe my mom or my dad are trying to hurt the other one in, you know, through emotional, if they're not talking to one of the, one or the other, but we right. don't see that. We don't think it's as bad. Right. And a lot of us fall into this trap where it's like, oh, my family isn't as bad as it could be. Right. Which, yeah. which granted may be true for some, but at the same time, it's so important that we look at these things that we think of as little that if left unattended to, it can really spiral into mm-hmm. much bigger issues as we get older. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. There are people that I know where, you know, they have broken families where their parents are divorced or whatever the situation is. And they're a bit better, a lot better able to communicate. Yes. And it has a lot of things to do with it. But just noticing that they have, they have, they're, they're able to communicate better with like their mom than I am with mine or my dad yeah. and vice versa. Like if whether they grew up with their mom or their dad more. And that's just so crazy to think about just because your family is together and not divorced and, you know, make a stable income and all that stuff doesn't mean everything's OK. Yeah. And I mean, I think like I said, it's just we all <laughs> we fall. I, I think of I mean, like just like you, I'm blessed that my mom, and my dad are together yeah. both around. Um but I think of, you know, if my parents were divorced or if I only had one of my parents, it'd be much easier to see that something's wrong there. And it forces me to, you know, like, um, not sure. I'm not going to throw out any numbers here because I don't know. But I imagine that uh, children whose parents are, are divorced, you know, or one only one, they're much more likely to, you know, seek help because they, they understand that, you know, something's wrong there. And mm-hmm. I think it's a societally um, accepted thing yeah. or a, a thing that's 
um, put forth by society that like, you know, obviously you're supposed to have two parents and such. So mm. whereas I think people who have that, what looks like that white picket fence house, the family, you know, um, they are tempted to think that nothing's wrong, which is 99 out of 100 times not wrong or not right because it's not a perfect family. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that is crazy. That is crazy. Um, dang, we just kind of went in there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, Nathan, I want to talk to you kind of uh, s- uh, going away from that a little bit. Yeah. But oh. Nathan Butler is someone who I met. Uh, he was growing up. Basically, I was growing up with you, bro. Um, but I met you in youth. How old? Do you remember how old you were when we first met? I think I was yeah, like just so graduated maybe. High no, school? no. It was So, how old are you? 24 no it was a little bit later than that um it was when i had just turned 17 so it was because i remember we had we had our uh (laughs) so (laughs) when you would have been 21 21 because i remember three issues after yeah because we had a um i started going i started going to church um i don't get into too much but i mean i sporadically attended church growing up but started really going um i started attending cottonwoods youth ministry when i was uh, 16 and uh, yeah, I remember my first uh, summer camp I went to. That you were there, uh-huh. and I uh, remember the too sweet thing. That was like <laughs> that was how I met you. Too sweet, bro. For those that don't know, it's like a wrestling thing. But <laughs> I brought it to the youth summer camp. Yeah, bro, that is crazy. That's crazy to think about. Like all the way, all the way back then, and now you're here going to Vanguard, studying to be some sort of pastor. <laughs> I believe it. I see something it. Like that's that. some, that's something that I've seen in you since since you were that age. So yeah, man. Yeah, bro. That's dope. That's dope. What do you think about anything? Like honestly, <laughs> I've I like this 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 uh this podcast like I said is so impromptu and and Nathan just just got on here so I was like, dude, just fill in and we'll talk about whatever. So we're just going to talk about whatever right now. Um what is like some hot topics that are going mm-hmm. on in the news that that you see uh that we can talk about here and kind of flesh out and like get each other's ideas and bounce ideas off of each other and opinions and maybe people that would listen would like to bounce ideas in the comment section or just hear agree or disagree about yeah sure i've been thinking about this a lot and i was actually thinking about this last night when we were um just talking about the possibility of doing mm. a podcast just this whole question and this this is a church thing um like literally a church thing so i wanted to ask you the question and, and throw this off you and just because um, oh boy <laughs> and this isn't my in advance this is not me saying i want to correct you i want but i want to like just you know having done this studying and obviously knowing there's things that probably that I've gotten too deep into in terms of, you know, not wanting to get too intellectual, not wanting you, but wanting to stay grounded. Right. Um, what do you, what do you, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) what do you think that the church is, I guess that's the question. And I I think this is a question that you can actually, that might not seem too big, but it's a discussion that we can really care for. Like what's the purpose of the church in, in your mind? Yeah. When you ask that question, and obviously I didn't have time to study or prepare for this, <laughs> but when you ask that question, the first thing that comes to mind is like the greatest commandment that God gives us, and that's to love God and love other people. And I think that all the commandments encompass that. Um, so I believe that the church is a body of people that love God and love other people. And by loving other people, we uh, share the gospel with other people. We, you know, love them as best we can, whether it's meeting their physical needs, mm-hmm. spiritual needs, praying for them, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But the church is a body of believers that love God and love, love other people. That's what I'm going to leave my simple answer as. No, that's a great answer. Um, 
and I, I'm, yeah, I tend to agree with that. So the one word you 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 put in there that I really want to bounce off for however long talk for, mm. uh, what is the gospel? And I think this mm. is interesting if for whoever's listening, watching, you know, maybe that. you know, pause that thing because yeah, I think yeah. there's so many different ways you can go with this. Right. Do what me, what is the gospel? Witness to you right now. Sheesh. All right. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. So I believe the gospel. Explaining it to you, I believe the gospel is the story of Jesus Christ, him coming down from heaven as an infant, you know, growing up, dying on the cross for our sins, uh, that no one else could take that. Mm. I couldn't forgive myself of my sins. I couldn't work for it. Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and saved me and gave me the opportunity to call him Lord and Savior and gave me the opportunity for eternal life. He died for me. He rose for, he rose from the grave. And now we have the opportunity to have right standing with God. I like that. Cool. Um, yeah. And I mean, it is, you know, first time you've heard. What do you that's, think? That, no, I mean, yeah. Uh, so I guess why I asked that question is because, um, and in and all, like, like I said, I'm not trying to like, for the right reasons, that was along what I was expecting to hear, right? Like yeah. That's kind of, you ask someone, what's the gospel? That's typically what you hear um maybe just think yeah so here so here's what i'll offer here right because i don't i don't think i have a radically different understanding of it Mm -hmm. um so my it was either my freshman or my sophomore year in college um we got asked that question right yeah so that's kind of what i'm doing here is we just leading you through this thought process that honestly kind of changed shaped my world reshaped Mm -hmm. my world um, because I had the exact same understanding of gospel. Everybody, everybody raised their hand and our professor didn't say right or wrong. He just said, okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, everybody had asked that. It was, you know, uh, Jesus came, died on the cross. Uh, John three sixteen was quoted, you know, for God's love the world. He sends only one, one and only son, whoever so believed him, you know, um, all those answers that essentially Jesus came, Jesus died. Um, Jesus rose again. We're saved. You know, we can go to heaven. We can live forever with him. Right. Um, and he opened, and, and I can't think of any of the passages right now because I've been doing work in this for so long. But um, he brought up the idea um, when Jesus, when John the Baptist, um, before Jesus says, uh, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. And so he makes the uh, the argument, actually all of, most of my professors, right, uh, make the case that the gospel actually is not Jesus's uh, birth, death, birth, life, death, resurrection. Okay. They make the case that the gospel is actually the fact that the kingdom of God is at hand, which is something that I don't know if you can think just off the top of your head. The when was the last time, when God was the last hand. time that you heard a message preached about the kingdom of God? Not, not too often, right? Or not as often, I feel like as the story of Jesus, the gospel, story of Jesus, the, the gospel. gospel that, yeah. And, and here's why it's relevant, right? Because, and here's why it actually, it fits right in with that understanding of the gospel, but I think expands it and makes it more, uh, more full. Mm. Um, so when you look at the kingdom of God, what that actually means is that um, when Jesus, and it's a very, it, it's a very not just physical thing. It's a v- very spiritual, obviously, which which Christianity is. Um, but when you say the word kingdom of God, what you're thinking about is that when Jesus was here on earth, and so take healing, for example, right? Mm-hmm. So when Jesus comes and he heals somebody, that's part of the gospel. Because yeah. so what's happening there is Jesus is actually introducing them to another reality. Okay. So Jesus comes, he, you know, he 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 heals this person, he lays his hand on them. So when Jesus does that, he's actually 
introducing them into the kingdom of heaven. It's like he's giving this guy a key into the kingdom of heaven um, because in the kingdom of heaven, which is... um, which is like eternity, you know, it's it's the world that God, Jesus, the spirit that, that they live in. Mm-hmm. He's introducing him into this world where there is no pain, where there is perfection. no no infection, where there is no sickness, right? I said perfection, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> where everything is perfection. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so he's introducing him into this other world, right? And so the, the point made with the gospel being the kingdom of God is that, because when we talk about the gospel a lot, we talk about, we talk, we do say the word life, but we talk mostly, we talk about the birth, the death, the resurrection, yeah. right? But we don't, we're missing this. We don't talk as much about the life of Jesus, okay? which is what this understanding of the gospel addresses. And it says, actually, what if it's more about how Jesus lived? What if it's just about, just as much about how Jesus lived as how he died? Yeah. So it, it's saying maybe when we read the Bible, we don't just look at, did Jesus die well? Because yes, he did die well, right? And that's where we get, you know, love. When we think of love your neighbor, you know, love has no greater than to lay down his life for, you know, for its brother. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we think of love is laying down our life for our brothers. But thinking the gospel in this way, we're asking, oh, what if it's as much about how Jesus lived? So we look at his patterns of life. We Mm -hmm. look at the way that he, you know, how he woke up in the morning, what he did then, you know, how he went throughout the day when he went to bed and it's looking more at Jesus as this kind of, Oh, he's actually, he was fully God, but he's also fully man. And it's like, you know, looking at normal things. Like if Jesus were to live today, he would like, you know, wake up in the morning, brush his teeth, like eat his breakfast, like, yeah. you know, pick his outfit out, you know, yeah. uh, things like those. And it's looking at Jesus as a real person who really did live and saying, looking at Jesus as the ideal person. Mm-hmm. So more than just God in the flesh, which he absolutely is, you know, and we don't want to lose that, you know, and it's saying that, uh, maybe salvation is more than just getting a passport to heaven, right? But yeah. salvation is radically reshaping the way we live. Mm-hmm. And I think That's if good. you're a Christian for any period of time, you know that, that being Christian is living different. But yeah. a lot of people, you're not, not that you're not sure why, but it's like, oh, well, well I'm still saved, right? And it's like, well, yes, but when you're being saved in this way, it's you're being continuously saved and you're walking in the patternship, the patterns of Jesus' life. And the key yeah. word there is discipleship. Mm. Um, and a lot more, but yeah, I guess that's the kind of key points. That <laughs> yeah. So you think like when it, when it comes to like, what is the gospel? You think we should focus a lot like heavy? Cause I know we focus on like the death. Yeah. Like, that's kind of where we start. Yeah. I think we should focus on the life of Jesus and all the things, the little details that he did. Yeah. And I mean, I think, yes. When explaining the gospel. Yeah. And I, I think it makes it a little bit more difficult to consolidate it into a little, little catchphrase, you know? Right. Cause he did a um, lot. Yeah. Cause he did a lot. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you can't just explain and, and you know, in any situation, but I think why it's helpful here is you look at the way the church is today. And, you know, I haven't, I haven't told you a personal example, which we won't go into, but you know, like we look at the church today or people, especially from the outside looking in and the church doesn't look any better than the outside of the church, right? Like people are still fighting inside the church. People sometimes are still it looks worse. Sometimes it looks worse. Often it looks worse. You know, people are bickering. And if you ask people, it's crazy. There's there's a lot of studies done. You ask people, go on a random college campus, just go on the streets. You ask somebody, what do you think about Jesus? You know, people will smile. They'll get, you know, they'll be like, oh, he was a great guy. Like he was, you know, he really, he, he, um, he was a advocate for justice. Like he helped people that were poor and oppressed. Like he did so much. Yeah. He was a really great teacher. 
And then you go and you say, okay, so what do you think about Christians? You know, or what do you think about Protestants, evangelicals, whatever? Mm. And, you know, their countenances drop and they're like, oh, those guys, you know, like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to be around those people, you know? And I think it's, it's not what changes that, what helps us to, where do we go from here on, right? Because we have a big, especially in a world that's, we're, you know, post-Christian, that it's not the dominating worldview anymore, right? Um, how do we go about changing that? And I think it's, not believing more strongly in the in the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus because we already do, right? Mm-hmm. Even people that in the church, like me, like you, that get a lot wrong, you know, and that honestly just suck a lot yeah. <laughs> being like Jesus. Yeah. And so that's where you bring in. It's like, oh, wait, this could be the only thing that could save us as a church, you know? Mm-hmm. We need to look at the life of Jesus. We need to see what did this guy do right? And uh, that's where... Um, you know, the whole, um, I think I saw you, the, it, it might've been either wearing the, you know, what would Jesus do wristband, the WWJD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there it is yeah. yep, right there. Um, and my professor, he essentially is like, maybe that's not what we should be going for. Maybe we should go, I'm not going to try to abbreviate it, but essentially like, you know, Nathan, Nick, what would Jesus be doing if he was Nathan? What would Jesus be doing if he was Nick? Yeah. Cause you know, if you think about, um, say I'm someone who's, who's say I'm an alcoholic, which. I'm not, you know, but, um, obviously that's not, I don't want to put that negative, I don't want, but you know, just any, any type of sin using that as an example, right? Anything that I'm like, oh, like I become Christian and I was a former alcoholic and I'm like, okay, this isn't living in the way which Jesus intended me to live. Let's do this. And so if you ask the question, what would Jesus do? Jesus wouldn't be an alcoholic, right? (laughs) Because Jesus never sinned, it says, right? So then you ask the question, okay, what if Jesus, and you don't want to think of your, you think, you know, Jesus is the word of God. He would not be in the situations that I have put myself in, mm-hmm. that I've been um, entered into. So you take it and say, okay, what if I had the spirit of Jesus, you know? Yeah. What if I had the attitudes towards life that mm-hmm. Jesus had? What if I Matching had the willpower? The way Jesus lived. Yeah. Exactly. And you say, okay, well, you know, if Je- what would Jesus want me to do right now? It's like, okay, if I'm an alcoholic, if I'm recovering, you know, it's going to be slow steps, but you know what? I'm going to each day get better, each day go towards mm-hmm. righteousness, and I'm going to get there. That's good. You know, and it's understanding that I can't just snap my fingers and become like Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't snap my fingers and just be perfect. That's yeah. never going to happen. Yeah. So when we start looking at the life of Jesus, it's like, oh, you know what? Let's start going one step at a time. Yeah, start somewhere. Yeah. That's good. And um, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior tonight, can you just please raise? I'm playing. Dude. <laughs> I'm playing. Dude, that was a good conversation, though. Like, for real, yeah. breakdown of the gospel, Jesus' life, everything that we talked about. But Sorry, I talk a lot. No, dude, that <laughs> was good. That was good. Uh, we're pretty much out of time. But, yeah, I hope you guys got something out of this. I know it was very much Jesus-heavy, Christian-heavy, those of you that were listening. Hopefully we'll talk that about football next time. We'll talk about football <laughs> next time how Brady is the goat and the Rams are going to win the championship this coming year. See about that. (laughs) Yeah. But thank you guys for joining. Make sure you like subscribe all the YouTube stuff. If you're listening on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, make sure you subscribe as well. Nathan COVID fist bump. Boom. See you later guys.